0: Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. We are back with another episode, episode 57. This is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire 1, Da Puma. It, it It feels good
1: to hear those words again. Spent almost two months to the day since we
0: recorded an episode, and yeah. It's good to it's good to be back, Jay. It's good to be back. How you doing? It's good to be back, my man. It's been a while. Um, you know, usually we don't like to take so much time off between episodes, but we had quite a bit going on. Um, before we start the podcast, man, I want to dedicate this podcast to my buddy Nicholas Porter. Um, he tragically passed away uh, August 1st. Uh, one of the main reasons we've been away for so long. But um, he was a great dude, man. He was not just my roommate or a friend, but he was more like a brother, um, almost somebody like a, somebody I considered family. Um, just a great dude, man. Here we missed, and this one's for you, buddy.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is for you, Nick. Yeah.
0: Um, okay, so like Puma said, we are back. Uh, to give you guys a quick rundown of what this podcast is going to be all about, um, as usual, we'll just bullshit and you know have some laughs real quick. Um, we'll jump right into a few storylines we we're monitoring during the training camp, um, one being the James Blake um, shooting up in the Kenosha, Wisconsin, and how it affects the NFL. Um, another being the Patriots camp update and how the quarterbacks are doing it out between Cam Noon and Jarrett Sidham. Uh, we're also going to touch base on the Miami Dolphins camp updates. Um, and then finally, we're going to round it out with the Washington football team and the myriad of stories coming out of that camp, whether it's Ron Rivera's diagnosis or the latest WAPO articles, Washington Post. Um, it seems like the Washington, Washington football team in itself is just the NFL with all these shorelines coming out.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. Like the the, the, the Washington football team has been on a, uh, a roller coaster of emotions and stories based basically since Ron Rivera took over the job. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, we'll definitely get into a little bit more uh, when we get to that portion of the podcast. But, yeah, interesting stuff coming out of the district.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But besides that, man, how you been? How's life on your run? You guys doing good over there?
1: Oh, God, doing all right. Everything. Life's in flux right now because uh, the fiance, uh, the kiddo and myself, I guess uh, we're all a family at this point. I don't know how why I had to break it down individually. Yeah, um, like you can just be
0: like, hey, my fam, you know, like, you yeah, do not like- say it. You so don't got like if the here, labels on the it. Is that how you feel?
1: <laughs> just here for the ride. No, uh, no. So uh, we're we're in flux right now. We're we're in the process of uh, of moving. Uh, we're gonna be moving in about like a, I think a week. We close next Friday, and then Saturday is uh, is moving day. And uh, drafted yourself to help us move. And I'm, I'm sitting in a dining room surrounded by U-Haul boxes. And and Jay, I, I friggin' hate packing, man. And like today was like the day of days of like trying to pack shit and like we have to get some stuff fixed around the house. So like it was on the phone trying to find people to fix a couple of storm doors and the the, the infamous garage door that's been busted for like two months now. Uh, just yeah, just just craziness the last couple of last couple of days around here. But all is well. Uh, at Hacienda de Meadow Street.
0: Listen. If there was, and I, I echo your sentiment, I absolutely hate moving. Um, without a doubt, I hate moving. It's one, it's one of the worst things on the planet. Like, if you were to give me a choice between, hey, you got to move your little stuff, and I don't have a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm just by myself. You know, like I only have like one couch. And I'm like, you help me move before it's not that much, right? Yeah. Like, if the choice was given to me, if I had to either move myself or if I could spend like a weekend in jail, I'll take the weekend in jail and have somebody do it for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, what the Dude. stipulation of me spending that time in jail? so somebody- it would do it for me. I would, I would gladly take the second option instead of moving, man.
1: Oh, for sure. I don't know about going inside, but, like, I definitely would get, like, a root canal done without, like, anesthesia over packing. Like, I just – it's just – dude, it's such a pain, and it's, like, it's hard to, like, pack the house when, like, we're still using a majority of stuff in the house. Like, last week we were trying to pack the kitchen, and I was like, what, what, what the hell am I packing? Like, we still use – half of the stuff like are we gonna sit are we just gonna eat takeout for like two weeks because like at that rate i mean i've already put on the covid 19 pounds the covid 19 (laughs) weightage like now i'm just gonna be looking next time jay comes by the house and sees me i'm gonna be looking like fat albert i'm gonna have to get a (laughs) construction crew to knock down a few walls in order for me to go to work if we're just gonna pack everything and eat takeout all day so no i i hate packing i just no i can't do it but the, the, the finish line is in sight, Jay. Got, got most of the stuff packed. Just got to get the kiddo stuff packed, and then life will be good, and I got to get a friggin' new haul, and... We'll call that uh we'll call that the the end of the day. Actually, I gotta rent a U-Haul. I gotta, thank you. For, I gotta I gotta remind myself to, to to place an order for a U-Haul. So this is fine.
0: There you go. This is what we do on this podcast. We talk sports and I remind you things to do, man. It is yep. what it is, you know. Yep. The audience is listening and just taking it all in right now. Yeah,
1: they're gonna, they're gonna <laughs> hit me up on Twitter at Brando underscore Puma and be like, hey hey Puma, did you get did you get the the U-Haul? I'll be like, no, that's why I'm living in a cardboard box outside of the house that my uh, the rest of the family is living in.
0: But you're right, man. Uh, This whole this whole like moving thing, and I'm sure COVID nineteen makes it harder. But did I tell you about my uh, my little COVID nineteen scare that I had this week? No, you didn't. Tell me. Tell me. I, roll I tell you what, the crazy shit happens to me, but I roll up to work yesterday, which is Thursday. And you know, every single day before you can j- enter the building, they give you a questionnaire. And you know, the questionnaire is, you know, how do you filter? Do you have these symptoms? Blah, blah. They take your temperature and they monitor all this shit, right? Now they've been taking my temperature for the last like, you know, four months, and you know, they've been making me write, the, you know, making me do this little questionnaire before I enter the building. Uh, on this day, my, like, temperature was, like, about a degree and a half above the 97 point whatever it was, right? Oh. Um, and then on top of that, um, I had a sore throat, right? Oh. Now, when I, when, I, when I mentioned that, like, the five alarms, like, went off in the building. Like, everybody lost their shit. They're like, you got to go get a, take a test right now. Like, we got a like, code <laughs> black. I know, code right? Code black. Chase <laughs> down the COVID. It was insane. It was like, you know, Jay's got the COVID. So, you know, it's <laughs> you can't come in here. So I had to go. Well, let me back up real quick because I think it was not just that, right? So my co- this past weekend, I actually traveled uh, to Chicago, Illinois to see some family. And Chicago in itself is a high-risk state. So if you do come back from Chicago to Connecticut, you're supposed to self-quarantine and all that bullshit. Um, but the, the fact that I traveled to Chicago and my company knew about it, and the fact that I had a little bit of a of a symptom, it kind of I kind of see the logic now, you know what I'm saying? It kind mm-hmm. of makes sense for me to uh to go and get my little COVID uh COVID test. Um, but essentially I show up to this little place in Danbury called like Docs Urgent, and and you know on the website it says you know Urgent Care, you know come in whenever you can, no appointment needed. Um, you know so one of those things will be a rapid testing, you'll be in and out 30 minutes. Yeah, Guess about that. Much- Guess how much time I spent? I got there. Th- I got there at 10 o'clock in the morning. Guess what time I left with my COVID-19 results?
1: Oh, let's see. I'll set the over under at an hour and a half. I'm gonna take the over. I'll say you were probably there probably two hours and 15 minutes.
0: Six hours. You were there for six hours. Six hours. It was absolutely insane. It was absolutely insane. I spent so much time there. And you know, it was not just like the fact that they were busy, it was just a complete incompetence of that facility. I actually wrote them a very strongly worded review. I was just like, this is the most incompetence I've ever seen, blah, blah. Lack of organizational skills. Like, I wrote them the been place stressed, busy?
1: You know? Like, yeah, hours.
0: I mean, like, it was busy, but it was not as busy as, uh, listen, uh, let, it takes like two seconds to do these tests, right? I went back there to get my COVID-19 test. They stuck a little nose uh, thing in my nose. It took like 30 minutes after that. But it was just the, the, the paperwork beforehand and the waiting and the bullshit and the disorganization that really caused all the issues, man. Jesus. I know. So how
1: does well, it feel to get a stick shoved up your nose? Were they like, Was it telling you what you were thinking? Like, Was it picking your brain literally? Like, How, how did that work?
0: Listen, it was not that bad at all. People make it out to be a a, uh, a really, you know, daunting issue, and it's like uh I've heard horror stories over it, but I, I thought it was not that bad at all, man. It was like two seconds, two seconds on each nostril, and I was done. Like, I, I literally sat down, and bes- between me, you know, chit-chatting with the nurse for like, you know, five minutes, the whole procedure itself took, I would say, 15 seconds max from the time wow. she undid the little, like, you know, tool they use.
1: Wow. Yeah. six hours of paperwork made a terror when i would have killed somebody <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> paperwork with the passion of a thousand oh sons oh, i was, was thinking like when you called me i was like oh like it shouldn't be that bad like maybe it maybe it's like the drive-through kind of deal like you just sit in your car that you stick your head out they'll, they'll do the thing i didn't know like you were waiting inside for six hours jesus christ
0: yeah yeah, so it was uh it was interesting week to say the least. And that was not even the highlight of my week. The highlight oh, of my week. <laughs> oh, what's the highlight of the week, Jay? The highlight of my week was Tuesday night, man. <laughs> like it, it's been a crazy week, man, no lie. <laughs> but the highlight of my week, man, and this is the last story we'll get to people we'll get to football, I promise. But Tuesday night, man, I get back home from work, right? I like, you know, I get into my gym clothes, I'm ready to go, right? And I get to my car. I get down to my driveway. I get out and I go to my mailbox to pick up the mail. And as I'm walking from the mailbox back to my car, um, like a cop car goes by and I don't think much of it. Right. I'm like a cop car just zooming by. It is what it is. So I get back in my car and I start driving. And all of a sudden I see this cop car turn around and get right up on my ass. Right. And you can see in the rearview mirror, he's actually on the radio with somebody talking, talking to somebody. And he's actually like putting my license plate into his little computer he has. Yeah. And as I go down the street, I'm thinking, all right, well, this guy's probably just telling me it'll be fine. As I get down the street, about another, I would say, three minutes down the street, another a mile and a half. All of a sudden, like his boys show up and like five cop cars fucking box me in, bro. Like, it what? was something, it was something out of the movies, man. It was absolutely insane. Like, they box me in, they're on the loudspeaker, they're like, pull over, pull over, and I'm like, I'm trying, I'm trying, you know? <laughs> oh my god. So they told me to pull over, right? And, and like, these two female cops roll up, and, you know, they're like, start giving a third degree, you know, who are you, where are you from, what are you doing? And I'm like, god damn, like, aren't you gonna ask me for my license and insurance, you know? Yeah. And eventually we got to the point where I gave them my license and my insurance, and they kind of ran the checks, and everything came back obviously clean. There was no issues. And But apparently what happened was there was a call – this is what they said. There was a call from one of the neighbors that said there was a suspicious male in the area wearing a black T-shirt, and I that's happened to be super, wearing
1: – That's super descriptive. I know, in right? In the middle of nowhere of Southbury. <laughs> Literally, for those of you that don't know where Jay lives, lives in Southbury. And it is, it's kind of off the beaten path, right, Jay? Like, you yeah, really yeah. have to go out of your way to find this part of town that you live in.
0: Yeah, yeah. And apparently, you know, they got that, you know, report of a suspicious man with a black t-shirt, and I happened to be wearing that black t-shirt, right? Um, and, you know, essentially after they found out it wasn't me and i wasn't their guy they're fairly courteous i'm not going to bash somebody you know just because i want to bash them they're very courteous very nice they told me what the story was and they said you're on your way you know um i don't think much of it man and truthfully at the end of the day obviously you know the reason why i bring it up is because i ran the story and i ran the story by one of my one of my one of my friends you know warren and obviously he's yep. black right and yep. he sees it through a different lens than i do right he he thinks that this is racial profiling 101 obviously you know i am of a Pakistani descent my middle name is mohammed like you know I am, i'm i'm pakistani american but you can definitely tell you know it could be from somewhere else. So, you know, I ran this story by him and he, he's 100% convinced that I was racially profiled. And the cop that, you know, drove by the street, um, when I was picking up my mail, he saw you, he thought you were out of place. Um, and he wanted to pull you over. And that, that line they fed you was bullshit at the end. So listen, I'm not, I'm not going to make something out of nothing. I really don't know what happened. I'm not going to pretend like I do know, but I ran it through, you know, somebody that I thought would have a better explanation. And that's what he thinks, you know?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, no. Dude, it just it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Like, you, like you really have to go out of your way to to get. I don't know, man. It you know it's 2020. All bets are off, dude. Like all all bets are off. Nothing is stopping anybody from just calling the cops randomly on some person, you know, just for the hell of it. At this point, that's that's the way it works. I didn't realize it was like SWAT the movie dude, coming to saying. get you. <laughs> and it's like you would have thought, like, okay, they they run your plates. Like I mean, as far as I know, you don't have any open warrants, Jay. No, obviously I'm
0: sitting here without any issues. You know what I
1: mean? (laughs) So it's like, okay, we're really gonna have like five cop cars show up because a random male in a black T-shirt was spotted somewhere in Southbury? That's so. You know, this is the one time I'm gonna agree with you and Warren in uh, in regards to to nonsense like this.
0: Now, Brandon. Now, Brandon. I will say, like, like I said earlier in, in my story, like I I did not feel at all, you know, an issue because once they found out who I was, it, it was cool. But I still say, man, and and I know you guys joked about this back when I worked at TradeWin. That time I got pulled over in, in Oxford by by the cops in Oxford, Connecticut, I, I felt uneasy, man. That guy had his hand on his gun the whole fucking time. And obviously looking back on it now with the different information that we have about cops, you know, this is about three years ago, um, you know, it, it kind of it makes a little more sense. Like I had no issues here at all. Like I when they cleared me, it was cool. I was, I was, I was good to go. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, it's – it is kind of a microcosm of what's happening in the world right now, in the world of sports, and you know, it kind of leads into our first topic. And uh, unfortunately it's it's another, you know, week and another un, you know, unarmed black man is shot by the police and this time it's in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um, James Blake was shot seven times in the back and he's paralyzed from the waist down. Uh, and the reason why I bring this up is because you know this has led to um quite a bit of outcry and protest in the sports world um actually i'll take it back not even protest is boycotting essentially right yeah. uh, essentially everything shut down starting with the the milwaukee bucks who were the down that made it fell after the bucks you know boycotted because it is in their home state that this uh, shooting happened you know the whole nba shut down and then mlb shut down some games and then nhl shut down games and then the nfl shut down you know practices and the reason why i bring this up is because you know it's one thing to discuss these issues but it's also to bring it back towards football, and this is why you guys come to us. You know, the question that I want to pose to you is, man, with everything that's happened and with all the boycotting, do you expect this year to see some sort of protest or some sort of sitting out a game or boycotting a game because of the social injustice in this country?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, uh, from the New York Giants, I think it was uh, Saquon Barkley and and uh, the wide receiver Sterling Shepard. I mean, they they both came out uh, basically right after the the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA. Uh, you know, boycotted the the playoff games. They said, you know, they're they're willing to do the same thing uh, in the NFL at some point this season. It's not just those two guys. You could go back on Twitter uh, Monday Monday evening, and you could just find tweets from Tyron Matthew and the NFL Players Association, the union, uh, and a couple other players, basically saying like, this needs to stop. Like, we're in lockstep with like what the Milwaukee Bucks are trying to do. And I fully expect that to happen. It, it, it's, it's definitely not beyond the it, it's definitely within the realm of possibility that there could be players willing to sit out games. And you know, what do you from the NFL perspective, like what happens if a whole team decides to sit out? Like is that team going to forfeit? Because the NBA, I think technically, if they wanted to, they could have said the Milwaukee Bucks were going to forfeit the game, but they, they had the wherewithal to not do that. But like it's it's so hard to reschedule games in an LF, in NFL calendar with all the travel and, and accommodations for like 80 people traveling at once. Like what are what are they going to do? Are they just going to move it a day? Are they going to move it to a whole other week in the schedule? Uh, it's it's definitely something to keep an eye on, and it's it's gonna be fun. Watching football this year with all the people out there that saying, "Yo, stick to sports, don't talk about politics." Well, when you got players, especially in the fantasy football world of things, when say you have Saquon Barkley and he sits out a game, yeah, what, what are you going to talk about then? Like it, nobody's really going to give a shit about your fantasy team. It's going to drive the conversation, and especially with how gambling is involved in things—not to you know put a monetary value on this—but every action that these players are doing and don't get it twisted. I'm for the players and everything that they're doing right now is going to have a dollar sign, you know, consequence to everything that they're doing.
0: Yeah. And you bring up a couple of good points, man. And, and I'll start off by saying this. I, I think the NFL itself, the leadership, the owners and the commissioner need to be talking right now and meeting right now and figuring out what kind of game plan they're going to have for a team boycotting or sitting out, because I'm in the camp of it's not You know, if it's going to happen, or when it's gonna happen? I mean, I think it's definitely gonna happen. You just for gotta sure. kind of you got you're gonna, gonna kind of have to you know figure out what the schedule is gonna play out. And I think this is the one time that the COVID might actually have a positive effect. Why not just use the COVID schedule they've built in for the the flexibility? Why not just use that for a social injustice boycott or whatever they want to call it? Uh, I think the schedule is already there with the COVID and the flexibility. Uh, obviously, they haven't said that, but we believe in the back of our minds there's some flexibility in the schedule and they could move the the games around. But uh, but I think the bigger point here is man like listen you know i'm totally with the nfl players or the nba players or whoever wants to boycott or protest in whatever way they want to protest that's fine i get that man but i think there's got to be a bigger plan here there's got to be some sort of substance to the boycott there's got to be you know essentially uh some some wants and specific demands out of a boycott um you know the bucks in my eyes jumped the gun right and, and they forced the hand of the nba and other teams to boycott as well because from all the reports coming out it seems like chris paul and lebron james in the NBA were formulating a plan for a, for a league-wide boycott uh, after the James Blake shooting. And, and it looks like the Milwaukee Bucks jumped that and essentially, you know, forced the hand of everybody else. Um, in regards to how LeBron James and Chris Paul were doing it, they actually had a specific set of demands that they were going to ask for. Um, so if you look at that the situation that happened with the NBA because you know they essentially boycotted for two nights and they're back tomorrow night and the question needs to be asked what did they really accomplish right sure mm-hmm. they got the nation's eyes on them and that's totally fine and the more tension you're gonna throw at the situation the more you know the better it'll do in the long term but how much more tension can you put on this issue like I mean the you had the world's you know the world was your your captive audience when you know essentially George Floyd was murdered because nothing else was going down in the the quarantine times um but i I think what you really need to do is figure out if you're going to boycott and what are your demands and when will you come back when the demands are met or not you know
1: right right and i think the 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 issue too with the bucks they were also the first game of the 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 playoff slate on monday but i know there was also reports coming out that you know a a couple of people i think woge and some other folks for other outlets were saying that the the season's in jeopardy And I know it it was starting to get leaked out that Kawhi Kawhi Leonard and and LeBron James, they were really in the camp of not continuing the playoff and just calling the NBA season a wash and everybody else decided to play. And I think, you know, the former president Obama, he was involved in talks between uh, the players and the owners and Michael Jordan might have been in there. What my main takeaway was is, you know, you can look at social media with LeBron James and he's got like, what, 70 million followers on Instagram and another 20 on Twitter and all this other stuff. Like if they really if they being him, if he really wanted to make an impact and drive change, like, do you think the playoffs would really continue if like the face of the league? Wasn't involved. Like if he just said, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home because of this, and I'm gonna fly to Wisconsin, I'm gonna go to the state house in Madison, or I'm gonna go to w- what Winosha, whatever the hell the name of the Wisconsin is, yeah, and go there and march with people. Like that would have been a, a bigger catalyst of change than just saying, all right, we're gonna sit out for two games and, and we'll, you know, we'll pick this back up on Saturday.
0: But I mean, like going back to LeBron Jimmy, Instagram thing, like if he really wanted to man he could do like a live streamer or a live instagram story whatever they call it and he'd have 71 million people watching this stream, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? like he has such a big platform wherever he goes that he can make change um now i think the bubble itself provides a platform as well because the whole nation's watching nba basketball right now nothing else is you know compelling enough it's playoff basketball in the nba i mean there's some great games you know i myself not being the biggest nba fan was even watching some of these games i was you know taken aback by Luka Doncic and how well he's playing and I was even mm-hmm. you know, enthralled in Dame Time and all that stuff or let me let me back up or Lame Time as I call him you know all what i right. okay, <laughs> but scared? essentially exactly right but yeah. essentially like there's some great games and the nation's watching and you have this platform use it man I think what the NBA did and I hope the NFL players are watching you know when you do decide to boycott we're not saying don't boycott I'm not saying that do whatever you gotta do brother man like if you feel like you gotta do that then I'm here to support you But make something valuable out of this, right? At the end of the day, the NBA boycotted for two nights, and they, in my eyes, accomplished nothing really. They're back tomorrow night, right? I'm Mm -hmm. sure they had some calls with some legislature groups. You know, they demanded the Wisconsin, um, the equivalent of the Wisconsin Congress to come back. Oh, yeah, they were talking to the
1: lieutenant governor and the district attorney
0: but I bet you every single one of those lawmakers like saw that and just laughed like I mean why why would they care if the NBA stopped in their minds they got to do it a different way the NBA has to go to the owners or go to the Milwaukee Bucks owner who has you know some deep ties with those lawmakers and kind of force it that way or say you're moving the team out of Milwaukee whatever you want to do essentially have a game plan and the NFL I hope is, is watching and listening and figuring out the game plan that they can formulate when this thing comes around during, during the fall because if it's one thing that we know there's going to be another murder and it's going to be on tv I mean, on social media somewhere and we're gonna see it it's gonna come up again unfortunately it's the situation we live in yep. um so you know we'll just see how it pans out
1: yep exactly in 2020 until all bets are off yeah
0: so over under on the amount of games that will be affected by both covid and social justice boycotting
1: oh god we're factoring in covid huh? Yep. right uh, let's see what are you putting the over-under at? Three and a half?
0: I'll, I'll, uh, I think three and a half is high. Let's do two and a half.
1: All right, two and a half. I'm going to go... Let's see. I'm going to go with maybe... Oh, God.
0: Three so games? Why, why, yeah, so why you decide? I mean, I, I'm going to go with two games. I'm going to go with the under because... I think it's definitely going to happen once like somebody is going to make a statement of social, you know, boycotting or injustice. Right. So it's definitely going to happen. And the odds say that there's going to be another shooting and it's going to be broadcast throughout the whole world. um, Unfortunately, I I think that's definitely going to happen. But I think the COVID part of it, I think they have a good enough hand with the COVID that it's not going to affect. it. I think it's just going to be a social justice boycott one, maybe two games max.
1: I think the opposite. I think there are going to be players that sit out. Uh, and I know that there's been a lot of positive news coming out of the, the NFL for testing. And, I mean, I don't even think there was anybody added or removed from the, the COVID uh, reserve list today, uh, which which is great. They have everyday testing, and it seems like everybody's doing what they're told. Um, but I, I was saying this to you weeks before we started recording today, that, like, I want to see what happens when they start traveling. I think there's going to be more games missed because of COVID, than, than, uh, than the, 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 the social injustice you know, boycotting. I just think that you know, wh- what's going to happen if an entire offensive line gets, gets ravaged with this? And I hope I'm wrong. I'm not rooting against sports happening. I'm just, I just feel like in, in this day and age, and we're also going into flu season as well, too, that there's, there's a higher probability of, of games being missed because of this uh, COVID issue than, than the social injustice factor. Yeah. But I'm well, definitely with you. I mean, we're, we're two weeks away from kickoff. Uh, everything in this country is a powder keg at this point. It, it's just going to take it's going to take one other instance going on in this country to to put everything on tilt. And if that happens, I mean, we might not have sports. I mean, there were there were a lot of people reporting that across other leagues like Major League Soccer to to football at some point of, you know, Canceling seasons were, were were was an option on the table. It's the nuclear option, but it was still there regardless.
0: No, it's it's not the nuclear option. It's the first option for some fucking reason. Like mm-hmm. I, I've I've never in my life been in a in a spot where you know, the NFL is like actively trying to make it work. And there's so much resistance, man. There's whether it's the COVID-19 thing or the social injustice. Like I, I just feel the NFL is not supposed to happen this year. Like it, it just seems like it's not in, in, in the cards, you know, mm-hmm. um, it should be easier than this. It really should be like every time you turn around, there's like this, this threat on TV. Oh, there's going to be no season. Oh, there's no season. Like, it's just, it's just absolutely insane this year, man. And I'm just ready for 2021 is all I can say.
1: Yep. Just punt it. Punt it.
0: Um, okay, cool. So that'll be a storyline we'll kind of keep an eye on as the season progresses, and we'll give you guys updates Um now moving on to some actual football. Let's start with the Patriots training camp update. Uh, me being the resident Patriots fan, you know it's going to be an interesting year this year. Um, you know, like I said earlier, I don't think we're going to win the division. This team, top to bottom, is not the best uh, talent-wise, um, but they might pleasantly surprise me. So we'll see what happens. But I'll give you guys a quick update on training camp. Um, I've been kind of plugging uh, plugging my ear into the local B reporters up there every single day and listen to all the podcasts and the information coming out of training camp. Essentially. I'm going to break this down into, you know, segments for you guys. The good, which is very few, <laughs> and the bad, which there's quite a bit, a lot of. Um, it's fine. You got Damon did, Harris
1: in, in the soft hands.
0: Well, what I sent you what I did was I I just picked three good and three bad just because I could sit here and spot off 19 different bads and we'll just take three hours of your time. But <laughs> here's the good. I do I do believe that Damien Harris uh, seems to be flourishing as a running back um, for for the New England Patriots. I would not be shocked um, with the lack of production from Sony Michelle and the injury factor with Sony Michelle that Damien Harris is going to be our lead back for this year. Now it's always hard to pick out um, you know uh, running backs that Belichick is going to lean on because it's like you know every single week it changes. Um, but uh, you know the fact that Damien Harris sat out last year, he seems like he's fairly healthy. Um, he's very he was very explosive back in Alabama in college, um, and looks like he has fresh legs. I do believe Damien Harris is going to be a running back to keep your eye on. Um, the next thing I want to point out, which is kind of in tandem with Damien Harris, is Isaiah Wynn. Um, Isaiah Wynn was the offensive tackle we took in the first round, uh, I think a couple of years ago or last year. I forget what year it is now. I think it was um, two years ago. Yeah, it was two years ago, and he's been plagued with injuries for two years straight now, and he hasn't really been able to perform. Um, but from all all indications coming out of camp Isaiah Wynn is an absolute stud he's holding the offensive line down um he's opened up holes for Damian Harris um so i i am i'm really excited about Isaiah Wynn um, the third and final good, uh, for my end for the Patriots is going to be the secondary. Um, they're having a great camp, but you know, then again, I, I expect them to have a great camp. I mean, when you have Stefan Gilmore and, you know, the McCourty twins and, you know, the, the veteran secondary that we have, uh, I- I'm pleasantly surprised that at the, at the camp that the secondary is having, um, now the bad, this is where, you know, it, it gets interesting, um, I think the front seven on defense uh, is having a really really hard time man. And I think looking back it's kind of expected because we have so many new faces on defense. Um you know the fact that Calvano and you know um who's the other guy that fucking left? Um Hightower is not playing this year because of the covid and uh, I forget the guy that left as well, Jamie but Collins. He went to Detroit. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're looking for, right? Uh, it's a rash of people leaving and people opting out, and all of these fresh faces coming in, like the Chase Winoviches and the Uche's from Michigan. That all reports coming out of camp are indicating that the front seven just cannot get any pressure on the quarterback. They can't hold the line. Um, one of the reasons why the running game and Isaiah are having such a great, you know, um, camp is because they're just pushing that front seven around like it's nothing. So. That's going to be uh, kind of an interesting to watch, uh, watch an eye on. The second thing that I'm looking at is the wide receiver group, and from all indications, it's essentially Julian Edelman and everybody else is trash. Um, looks like the wide receiver group is fairly, uh, fairly bad. It might be the worst, uh, the worst, you know, worst team uh, group on our on our whole team. So. Uh, from what I understand, Garner uh, Osefsky, which was an undrafted under wide receiver from last year, um, is our second best uh, wide receiver. And, you know, that's a great story, undrafted receiver being the second best wide receiver after Julian Edelman. But on the other end, that means the rest of your wide receivers are trash. I mean, Nikhil Harry, he'll have like three or four good catches or one good practice and it'll be reported. But for the most <coughs> part, Nikhil Harry has been trash. Um, the tidings themselves, um, you know, there's nothing great to write about uh, right out of the end group as well. Um, so in general, I think the wide receivers are going to be are going to have a tough time this year. But that is one of the reasons why the quarterback situation is in dire situation as well. Um, when you have a quarterback battle and you have Tom Brady leaving from um from your from your team, and you have to find a new quarterback, you know, having a great wide receiver group can help you out quite a bit. But you know, everybody knows by now that it's a two horse race between you know Cam Newton and Jared Sidham. And from all indications, over the last, I would say, Three or four days, it seems that Cam Newton is starting to edge himself a little bit um, over Jared Stidham. From what I understand, Jared Stidham had a a hip injury and he couldn't really perform in practice, and they had to kind of pull back his reps, which allowed Cam Newton to kind of jump in and take some of the stronghold on the competition. Now, from what I understand, it's still a uh, a quarterback competition, um, but Cam Newton seems to be day by day getting more comfortable in the system and uh, you know taking the uh, the mantle and running with it.
1: Yeah, you know for sure, especially like the quarterback aspect. I mean, even like up till I mean last week, you know, when Brian Hoyer was air quote like in the running for reps. I mean, nobody really took over, you know, a a stranglehold on the job, and I, I think this is the the opportunity for Cam to to really secure himself as you know quarterback one up in Foxborough. Um, it's it's good. Is Jay is Sanu still on the pup list, or did he come off?
0: Sunu so was on a pup list for most of camp. He came off, I believe, uh, about five days ago. Okay. Um, he's working himself back into shape. Um, but I, I don't see anything out of Sinu as well. I mean, I've watched all the footage and heard all the reports coming out. He's not sparking or you know, getting any separation at all as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, really. I mean, this I, I feel like this is just going to be a, a run-heavy team just based on the moves that they made in the offseason and in the draft with – you know, there's a lot of positive reports coming out of out of camp for for Harris. And it, it sounds like he could possibly be more involved in the passing game than originally expected. And, you know, you know, at this point, you know what you're getting out of Sony Michel. I mean, he had a hell of a playoff run and Super Bowl run two years ago, but it, it just can't seem to get any consistency together and often injured. And there there have been rumblings that he may be a roster bubble guy at this point. And, you know, you're, you're signing old man Lamar Miller, who, you know, you can look at his numbers over his career. He's, he's pretty consistent in what he offers in both the running game and the passing game. So it's it's going to be fun to see see how they weave this offense in there. Um, uh, I'm – Get ready for the Tums. That's all I'm going to say. I, I got Tums at the house. I know I'm going to be needing Tums at points for this season as well, too. So we can, we can split it. We can do joint custody of the, the Tums uh, rations around here.
0: That that's gonna be wonderful, man. And and I think you're spot on right with um with the fact that Damien Harrison uh, Harris is is emerging. I, I do believe that Sony Michelle is gonna get cut. I, I would be shocked if he makes the roster because you know he's been inconsistent. He's uh, you know he's had history with uh, with fumbling. Um, on top of that, you know. JJ uh, J. Taylor is an undrafted uh, rookie that we, that's kind of showing out in camp right now. Right, sure, you um, got Rex you
1: know, Burkhead back there too, like, actually. Jamie how many Harris, Harris Rex, do you have to James. go around.
0: James White, Lamar Miller. I truly do believe Sonny Michelle is on the bubble. And you know what? Great. Fuck him. I'm sick and tired of Sonny Michel. I am so, so angry with who he is and who he's become. We thought he's gonna be the the hot fucking running back for the next ten years for us. Um, you know, we took him for in the first round. We took him, you know, I think he was in the same draft class as like, you know, Nick Chubb and all those guys. So like I'm done with him. I'm done with Sony Michelle. Hopefully he fucking moves on and we're done with him. Yep. Yep. Uh, Looking uh, at a uh, looking at a seven to nine season. That's what I'm predicting.
1: It's fine. It's fine. Still going to be more wins than my Miami Dolphins. And uh, and speaking of my Miami Dolphins, I'm going to bring you guys down to South Beach and uh, give you guys an update. And. It actually sounds like somewhat positive reports coming out of camp on the defensive side of the ball, as well as the offense. And, you know, a lot of this is centered around uh, Tua Vailoa being the, the the first round pick that we took out of Alabama this year. Uh, It it seems like according to all the beat writers down there uh, from what they can tweet out, because the NFL has put a lot of restrictions on what reporters can and cannot say on Twitter about practices Uh, It seems like the consensus is that Fitzpatrick is going to be the opening day starter for the Dolphins, and I fully expected that. But it it seems like Josh Rosen and Tua are locked in battle to be the backup quarterback, uh, to be the second string guy, and obviously the loser would be the quarterback three. And uh, it seems like it was neck and neck. There was a point last week, I believe it was Friday, uh, Fitzpatrick, he had to leave Uh, training camp to deal with the personal matters so a lot of the the number one uh, reps were being split between Rosen and and Tua and nobody really took a stranglehold on on that job or that performance Uh, but day by day uh, you're hearing more reports of Tua getting a little bit more comfortable in the offense and stringing more practices together uh, consistently in a positive manner and the same thing with Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen has had a great camp as well and even from an attitude perspective, uh, one of the local beat reporters, Omar Kelly, who's one of the, the one of the toughest guys. The, the only way I could describe him is uh, Dan Shaughnessy, uh, the Dan Shaughnessy version of a Dolphins beat reporter for the Miami sun Sentinel, I believe. And I mean, he, even he was amazed at the, the attitude adjustment that Josh Rosen has had, and he's not demanding a trade. He wants to stick around. He wants to learn under Fitzpatrick and whatever he, his number gets called. He wants to be ready um for me on the offensive side of the ball i'm more interested in the wide receiver competition or or the depth i should say i mean devontae parker had a breakout season last year but uh preston williams he he is one of the one of my guys that i think could be a breakout candidate in the nfl this year he he was stringing up together a bunch of positive performances last year until uh He had an ACL injury that shut him down for the remainder of the year. But, I mean, this guy is talented coming out of Colorado State last year. He went undrafted, not because of his talent, but because of some off-the-field issues. And, really, he was taking a majority of – the work away from Devonte Parker last year until he got hurt. And then obviously Devante ran off to the races and anybody that had him on a fantasy team uh, were most of the time, if anything, they were in the championship because of Devante Parker. So it's going to be interesting to see how those reps shake out. Is he going to cement himself as the clear number one moving forward? And Mike Gusecki, The tight end, I think he was out of Penn State uh, a couple of years ago. He's finally starting to come along. He had a great end of the season last year, and he seems to be stringing that together uh, in camp as well, too. So I'm excited for the offensive side of the ball. We have a couple of running backs that may be able to actually lead the team in rushing. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick led the team last year with 200 rushing yards total last season. So I'm excited to see what Jordan Howard and Matt Breida can bring to the table.
0: So, if you have to guess right now, who's the uh, the number one, two, and three quarterbacks coming out of camp for the Dolphins?
1: Oh God, uh, Fitz. Uh, number two is too close.
0: So, this, to so there's
1: so there's no way two is starting, right? I don't think I don't think he's starting week one. Mm. I, I, he's probably going to start after maybe week six, depending on how the season shakes out. I mean, Fitz gives them the best chance to win. Um. If you had to hold a gun, I don't know, man, because like nobody has really cemented themselves as like the guy to be quarterback two down there. I that's a coin toss. I mean, you can flip a coin. That's that's gonna be my cop out answer is flip a coin right now. We'll call heads Rosen. We'll call it tails Tua, and whatever that response is, two out of three, that's the guy that's gonna be quarterback two.
0: Interesting. Okay, well, that's good to know. Um, well, listen, we're only what uh two weeks away from Patriots versus Dolphins. One p.m. kickoff of the season. Are you excited yep. for that, bro?
1: Oh yes, yeah, it's gonna be something to watch. And I'm actually off that day, so oh,
0: so we uh we get together watching the football, huh? Uh,
1: that is the plan. That is the plan.
0: My man, my man, I'll get the red zone fired up. We'll have, we'll have two TVs. We'll have the Patriots and Dolphins on one, and then we'll have the red zone on the second TV. It's going to be a good day. <laughs> it's going to be a good day. Um, All right, man. That looks, uh, that's, uh, that's great. Um, Next up, we're going to talk about the, the Washington football team, and I'm going to try my hardest to not say Redskins, but I probably I think, will. I so think we need please. to have,
1: we need to have an R word jar. So anytime you get a, you get a free pass on this one, but anytime somebody says, the old team name, we have to put like 25 cents in a jar.
0: Well, listen, man, uh, there's quite a bit happening in Washington and the storylines coming out are alarming slash sad. Um, but essentially, and I'll turn the floor over to you because you have a full grasp of what's going on down there. But you know, it started with Ron Rivera and his diagnosis that he had cancer, right? Um, oh, that was, that's the
1: cherry on the cake. Exactly, that's the right? cherry on the
0: cake. Yeah. <laughs> but the bigger issue is Washington Post. Uh, I feel like the Washington post has like a mole on the inside that they're just working with um but they seem to drop more and more horrific stories coming out uh of the washington football team and dan snarty making him look really bad that it's gotten so bad that the nfl has started an independent independent investigation as well so mm-hmm. i'll turn the floor over to you man give the people a rundown of what's going on Then we will kind of react
1: all right so really what happened in the in the course of the, the you know month or two that we've been off uh because of you know everything that's been going on in the world, uh, there was a, a report that came out. Well, even before then, let me rewind the clock more. Uh, there was a giant push, I want to say early June of uh, a couple of Wall Street hedge fund investors going to uh, you know the, the companies that they have holdings in like Pepsi and FedEx and all this other stuff that they said that if they don't separate themselves from the Washington football team, they're going to pull their money out of these firms. Well, that caused uh, the minority owner of the Washington football team, who is also the president and CEO of FedEx, who also owns the naming rights to the, uh, the home stadium that they play in, in Loudoun County, Virginia, uh, uh, FedEx, that they, they said if they don't change the team name, that they're going to, uh, you know, they're, they're basically going to remove their name from the stadium. They'll, they'll void their 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 naming rights deal that's been in effect for the last 22 or so years, and that really got the ball rolling. And then the next day, uh, Ron Rivera and and Dan Snyder came out and said that they're going to reevaluate things. They're going to look at all avenues of change, and if they decide to change the name, uh, it's going to honor, you know. The pride of the city, the military and all, all this other stuff. So that was the, the tip of the iceberg. But really what drove the screws, uh, you know, the, the iceberg that hit the Titanic and the Washington football team was there was a Washington Post article about uh, sexual harassment and misconduct in the workplace between higher ups in the uh, in the team from the scouting office to, uh, I think it was Larry Michael. He was the lead broadcaster for the radio uh, radio broadcast. You know, harassing women in the workplace and making sexually suggestive comments and and you know unwanted passes and everything. So they got fired or or you know forced into early retirement. In the case of Larry Michael, they bring in this new staff uh, to take over the roles and they're going to drive change and. They hire the first uh, African-American president uh, for a, a team in NFL history. Um, uh, uh, his name is escaping me, but he, he made history Jason about Wright? three weeks ago. Yeah, Jason Wright. Uh, so he's the first African-American to hold the president position of any NFL team. And then about 48 to 72 hours ago, another Washington Post article came out alleging that Daniel Snyder, the owner of the team, was more involved in uh, you know sexually harassing employees, uh, making passes at them, having a video made and handed out to uh, you know senior members of the team and other people involved in season ticket sales and big spenders. And uh, the, the Washington Post article really buried Dan Snyder and in the wake of the first article that came out, they hired um, a former federal prosecutor to conduct their own internal investigation. And at the time it raised a lot of eyebrows because that's essentially the Fox guarding the hen house. Well, with this latest Washington post article alleging Daniel Snyder being involved himself, the league finally had to step in and say, we're conducting our own independent investigation alongside with whatever investigation the Washington football team is doing. and, that's all happening while Coach Ron Rivera comes out and says that he's di- he's been diagnosed with a form of lymph node cancer, uh, and he may ha- miss a couple of games this year. And Jack Del Rio may be the interim head coach. And it is just a goddamn mess down in the District of Columbia right, right now. Yeah. However, this-, this plays out, Ron Rivera should be nominated for sainthood. He should get a presidency somewhere. He should get coach of the year because everything that's going on, he's been the one steady voice going, going on in the district right now.
0: Listen, and the worst part about this whole thing is man, the Washington football team does have a good football team in my eyes. Now it's not going to be like, you know, when I say good football team, I mostly mean the defense. I think that defense is going to be, is going to be lights out. It has a chance to be a top 10 defense when you add chase young, to Ryan Kerrigan and all those boys on the defense. I mean, that is going to be uh, just something spectacular to watch. Um, and in this league, we know if you can play good defense and run the ball, there's a good chance you can win games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but with all this bullshit coming out, it begs the question, just how distracted will the Washington football team be? Oh, um, right? we
1: missed the Darius guys getting released. I mean, that, that's, that's a domestic small thing. battery.
0: Yeah, that's a small thing compared to everything else going on. You know yep. what I'm saying? I'm not trying to make life domestic battery because it's a horrific, you know, charge. But there's so much going on, so much fucked up shit going on in the Washington football team that that, you know, is barely making the, the news. And, and I think the worst out of all of it was the fact that Dan Snyder himself – seems to enable this environment of, you know, sexual harassment where he's passing out videos and, you know, I think the one that got me was a lewd video. Uh, That one was the one that I like. Oh, the Costa
1: Rica photo shoot?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you're, t- you. I mean, how creepy is that, right? So, I think the NFL really needs to look at hard, uh, take a hard look at Daniel Snyder and who he is. Um, I do believe that they should force him to sell the team. I mean, I think there's so much fire here that it's painting the NFL in a bad light. And if you're really in the, you know, uh, making sure everybody is equal and there's justice for all in that business, NFL, then you really need to look, look really hard at Daniel Snyder and who he is as a person.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny because earlier in the day, I think it was Monday or Tuesday when the the Washington Post article came out alleging Daniel Snyder's direct involvement. You know, he released a statement through his attorney and long story short, they called it a Washington Post hit job and these allegations are unfounded. And, you know, basically we'll have our day in court, yada, yada, yada. Well, fast forward Six hours later, the Washington football team releases their own statement, basically whitewashing everything that Dan Snyder's original statement said and said that anybody that felt like they were, um, you know, not slighted, but a victim of some of these allegations themselves, that they should come over, uh, come forward and discuss these options you know, you can. You don't have to worry about your non-disclosure agreements or whatever. We, in order to facilitate change, we need to hear all of these allegations in order for us to move forward, kind of deal. And it, it when I saw that statement, I was like, there, there. The truth is somewhere in between. Like. Maybe he didn't do all of these things, but he did enough that they had to release a separate statement from the owner of the team saying everybody that was, you know, that was involved or felt like they were a victim needs to come forward now.
0: Yeah. And I think the person that this sucks the most for all this, like, you know, instability wow. in the organization is, uh, is my boy Dwayne Haskins, the quarterback, sophomore quarterback for the Washington Redskins, or I'm sorry, the Washington football team. Yeah, 25 uh, cents essentially, you know, he was supposed to take that next leap this year, and, you know, by all indication this offseason, he was, you know, putting in the work and trimming up and learning the, the playbook, man. Like, the the guy is, you know, putting the work in, and all the the videos and the stuff you see out of camp show him, you know, having a great camp with, uh, with Terry McLaurin, right? And on top yeah. of that, that defense is so good. I truly believe this team had the potential to be, you know, a, not a uh, not like a playoff team, but I, I think they could have made some noise in the NFC, but I think with everything going on and all the distractions and the fact that your top-down leadership is crap i mean we're looking at maybe a two maybe a three win team at the most i mean depending on how bad it gets i I have no faith in what the washington football team is doing right now man you know what for the football aspect x's and no's kind of deal i think
1: if they if everything kind of lines up from a football standpoint because there's been nothing but good reports coming out About Terry McLaurin, and you know, like you said, Dwayne Haskins has really cut down on the weight. His attitude is in the right in the right uh, place right now. You have Alex Smith coming back, and it it sounds like it may be a quasi quarterback competition. And even if he doesn't win the job, I don't expect him to win the job just to have a veteran presence in that locker room day in and day out to help out with Dwayne, uh, you know, understand that, you know, life in the NFL is going to be great. The defense is stacked with, with chase young, even though he was dinged up a little bit, but you know, there's been a lot of reports coming out of, you know, Bryce, Bryce Love having a couple of good runs that with the running back one reps and uh, Antonio Gibson is getting used a little bit more in the running back th- uh, depth chart because of, you know, Darius Geis getting released. I think especially if they're with the expanded playoff field, I mean, hell, this team for how bad they were last year, they were still in the running to win the, the NFC East last year. If they're yeah. able to string some some things together, and hell, when Jack Del Rio was the interim head coach for the Denver Broncos a few years ago, he put together an eight-win team with the squad that was of lesser talent. I think they could be a fringe playoff team, but everything needs to kind of line up. And it's 2020, and it's COVID, and it's social unrest. And that is not beyond the realm of possibility either.
0: Well, let's do this. Let's do everybody's favorite game. Let's pull up the Washington football team schedule and let's do the win-loss game, you know, sitting here in, you know, late August and we're going to pretend like we're going to know how all these games pan out. So let's do that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, week one, you got the Eagles traveling to Washington. I, I don't think the Washington Redskins are going to win this game. I give them a loss here.
1: Uh, you know what? I'm going to go off the reservation. I'm going to say a win only because Andre Dillard for the Eagles went down last uh, yesterday with a torn bicep, I believe. He's going to be done for the season. They're going to move Jason Peters back inside. They still have to fill that void a little bit on the offensive line uh, from how Chase Young sounds at camp. I think he's going to maul some people. I, no, I'm going to go off reservation. Washington Redskins, give me 25 cents. The football team is going to win on September 13th.
0: The football team is going to win September 13th. Uh, all right, just uh, keep track of your wins. We'll put the losses in at the end. Yep. So you got one win right now. Yep. Um. Next week, Washington traveling across country to the Cardinals. By all accounts, the Cardinals are going to be a great team this year. I give them a loss here.
1: I'll give them a loss too.
0: Washington goes to the Browns. That's a loss in my book. Yeah, I'll buy that. Ravens versus Washington, loss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you did you really just, yeah, oh that one?
1: <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Dude, because of that front, that front four, man. Like, they, they could get after yeah. Well, it. Yeah. I mean, you know, like the Cleveland Browns, that defense gave Lamar Jackson a run for his money. I think they actually split the season series last year with all the defense, dysfunction that the Browns had.
0: L.A. Rams versus Washington.
1: Mm, you know what? Give me a win.
0: Uh, this is a loss as well in my book. Uh, next week I'm gonna give him the first win, and it's gonna be Washington versus the Giants. I'm gonna give Giants win here. I'm gonna give the Washington Redskins a win here.
1: Oh, twenty five cents. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give Washington a win here as well too. They're gonna go to the Meadowlands and sneak away with the victory. So they're on a two game winning streak with me right now.
0: So you got them three wins so far. I got them at one win so far.
1: Yeah, I'm at three and three. They're at five hundred. Wow.
0: All right, I got the uh, the Cowboys versus Washington. Um, since the fact that this is in Washington, I'll give the Washington uh, football team a win here. So I got two wins there.
1: I'm gonna give them. I'll give I'll give Washington a loss here. Win streak gets snapped.
0: Giants versus the uh, Washington football team again. I'll give the Giants the win this time.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go with the sweep. I think Washington's gonna win this one at home.
0: Washington versus the Lions. I do believe the Lions are going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. I'll give Washington the win here.
1: Likewise.
0: Bengals versus Washington. I'll give uh, I'll give the Bengals the win here.
1: I'll go the opposite. I'll go Washington with the W. Washington or
0: uh, Washington versus Cowboys. Um, I already gave the Cowboys a loss to Washington earlier in the year. I don't think they'll sweep them, so the Cowboys get the win back here.
1: Uh, this is this 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 is Turkey Day too, right? This yep. No, yep. 11. We're, they're going to win in Big D. They're going to win in Jerry World.
0: Washington versus the Steelers. We all think wow. the Steelers are going to be one of those teams that's going to surprise a lot of people. Big Ben's come back healthy. He's got his arm intact. He's you know had the come to Jesus moment. He's not addicted to porn alcohol anymore. I think he <laughs> is going to win this game. Do you remember that story? Yep. Yeah. That just got this has been so crazy. I just get swept under the rug, you know. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, I'm, uh, I'm with the
1: I'm with you on the loss too.
0: Uh, Next week, Washington versus the 49ers. Uh, I'm going to give Washington the win here. Really? I just hate the 49ers. You know that. Uh, So it's four wins. And then uh, Seattle versus Washington. Uh, That's a loss in my book for the Washington football team.
1: Mm, Their offensive line is still a little rough up in Seattle. I'm going to give them a win. They're going to win at home against uh, the 12th man.
0: Panthers versus Washington. I will give them their final and fifth win of the season here.
1: I'll go with a a win as well.
0: And then the final game is Washington versus Eagles. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and have the Eagles win this game as well. Meaning I have five wins, which puts them at five and 11 this year.
1: I'm going to go with a loss here, especially in Philly. So I'm at five, six, eight and eight and seven.
0: You have them at eight. that makes no sense. It has to be eight and eight, right?
1: what am Because if,
0: if you go off the wins, if you go oh, off the wins, it's eight oh, wins, eight losses. Am uh, I at
1: nine? Well, that's not a nine win team. You well, team?
0: team. You've got them at a nine win team. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, I had them sweep yeah. in Dallas. So That's that's with the extra playoff spot. That's a playoff team. Yep. Right. Yep. It's You heard it here first. Another one of those patented, the Puma, you know, conspiracy crazy stuff. Going sports. off
1: the reservation. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just with, say what you want. A lot of these teams that they're facing, you know, there's, I'm in the camp that the Bengals are going to have an improved squad, but that's also assuming that Jonah Williams is going to be able to come out and immediately fill that role that he was drafted in last year as a first round pick out of Alabama. I think he can, but if he's going against a guy like chase young, like chase young is the, the X factor of this defense. I mean, they've been dropping him in coverage They've been having him get after the quarterback. He can do, and you know this, you've seen him, like he can do everything. And there's a bunch of former first round picks on that uh, defensive line. I think that if, you know, some of these teams like the Bengals, like the Seattle Seahawks, you know, they're going to have Russell Wilson running for their life. And especially early on in the season, there's no, there's no actual preseason games. You know, Jordan Palmer, he's a quarterback coach. For a couple of people like Sam Darnold and uh, Josh Allen and whatnot, a couple of weeks ago uh, with uh, Albert Breer, he, he came out and said that the first couple of weeks, the offensive line play is going to be bad. The quarterbacks are going to be running for their life. That plays into the strength of this Washington football team, especially with the Jack Del Rio coach defense. I think this line is going to surprise some people.
0: Yeah listen that's not the debate here i think i think that all, that defensive line is going to be probably a top 10 you know defensive line unit in the nfl you know i i had the chance of seeing chase young play in person uh, last year at the ohio state michigan game and you know it, he is so big and he's so physical and he is just unbelievable man like you remember that meme of Derrick henry standing next to mark ingram do you remember that yep. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how you know Chase Young made other you know uh, elite uh, elite um, talent on that field look like in person, man. Like I saw him standing next to a tight end, and the tight end looked small. So I mean the guy is absolutely phenomenal. You've seen those Washington Redskins uh, um, video video content com- video content coming out showing him just manhandling offensive linemen. So. It's just the rest of the stuff that I'm worried about. It's the rest of the the distractions and this and that and you know how is Dwayne Hassan's gonna progress in year two. So I don't know. We will see. I, I think uh I think nine and seven is a little ambitious for me, but I think between five and six wins is is probably where I see it.
1: Yeah. You know what? Terry McLaurin, F one McLaurin, scary Terry, whatever your nickname is for him, I think he has the potential to be yeah, he's getting, i think he could be a top top 15 wide receiver borderline top 10 kind of guy i mean everything with dude, he, that he, he was dealing with last year and he's a savage man he is He a came out
0: of nowhere dude. too man like he he, was a he has- pick. He has good skills, and I watched him at Ohio State, and I know of his ability. I just didn't think he was going to be this good, man. Listen, this is this is the the one fantasy thing I'll, nugget I'll drop real quick. A sleeper that you want to pick up as late as possible, if he's still available, pick up Paris Campbell, the uh, the former Ohio State wide receiver mm-hmm. currently playing for the Indianapolis Colts. The guy made Terry McLaurin look slow. Like t- Paris Campbell has unbelievable speed. We're talking like you know maybe four uh, two in in the grand scheme of things um but he is gonna make some plays this year he's had a year to learn that system he, he was is gonna last
1: year too We really didn't have much of a chance
0: yeah so paris Campbell is somebody you want to keep an eye on man but but these these ohio state receivers man they're making themselves a name in the nfl mm-hmm. for sure um all right man well that is all i really gotta get to what do you what do you want to get to
1: that's really it man it's just you know two weeks from tonight we'll be watching texans chiefs and arrowhead with like 22 percent of the
0: fan oh, capacity totally from last night What's up two weeks from last night,
1: last night. Oh, today's Friday. Friday, (laughs) Yep. So 13 days (laughs) till kickoff. Yep. It's going to be a fun time.
0: I've I've already got, I've already got a, a, a Ashton, um, stogie picked out for that evening.
1: Awesome. I love it. It's going to be a good time.
0: So if, uh, uh, me and the Puma have found a new hobby, which is essentially being two hillbillies and smoking cigars on his front porch and watching the world go by. <laughs> I mean, I'm the
1: hillbilly, you're the sophisticated gentleman on the front porch.
0: But essentially, we have, I mean, I, I've i actually grown to love smoking a cigar, man. Um, I don't know how you feel about it, but it's like a new hobby of mine, and and if anybody is looking for a good quality brand, the Ashton Cigar brand is a, is a great one. Um, every single time I've gotten it for Puma and myself, it's it's been great. We started out with the Ashton, I believe, Symmetry, was the name of it, right? Yeah. And then we moved over to the Aston uh, Winston Churchill's. And if you're named after Winston Churchill, it better be damn good. But, we, you know, we actually enjoyed the hell out of that cigar. So so we got a good one picked out for Thursday night, bro, for opening night.
1: Yes, sir. And uh, for those of you guys in the uh, New Haven area, you can also find these cigars at the Owl Shop. <laughs> they are open. I think they're what are they at Jay? Like 50% capacity indoors. They have outdoor seating.
0: Yeah, it's all reserved seating. When I was down there with my brother um, a few weeks ago, maybe like five, six weeks ago. Essentially, you had to roll up and make a reservation, and it was like limited capacity. And you know, um, but they, but they, they're still open. They're available. They're they're open for you guys.
1: It is worth the hoops that you have to jump through to get in there.
0: All right, man, sounds good. Well, you want to plug it up real quick?
1: Yeah, yeah. So you can find this episode and previous episodes of the Pro Football Radio Podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, or Google Podcasts, wherever the hell it is now. Uh, Stitcher and I believe this is going to go up on YouTube as well too you can find us on social media Facebook and Instagram Pro Football Radio Podcast Twitter at PFR Podcast I'm on Twitter at Brando underscore Puma my compadre my brother in arms Jay Chima is at Jay Chima like subscribe download our DMs are open if you have any questions you want us to uh, answer on the air just hit us up you know, we want to make this show more tailored towards you guys. And we're going to have a lot of things to discuss now that the NFL season is right around the corner. And uh, we'd love to get your input. And uh, again, Jay, how he, Jay opened the show up. Uh, again, this show is for our brother, Nicholas Porter. Uh, love you, man. Miss you. And yeah, this one's for you.
0: Yep. Uh, that's the way we put it, man. Huh? Nicholas was a great dude. He's my brother. I love him. Miss him. And um, he's in a better spot now, man
1: yes sir and uh it's been a while for this one as well too uh freddy soleonis you all
0: right well that uh, that's always good it always uh hits hard and uh, with that we will see you guys next time
1: fire con Dio!